business rock stars. Kelly Kennedy here. And today I wanted to introduce you to my business, Capital Business Development, where we don't just see businesses. We see your potential to change the world. We see your passion, your dedication, and drive to do something extraordinary. And we're here to help you bring that vision to life. At Capital Business Development, we understand that behind every business is a visionary, someone with the determination to make a difference. Whether you're a startup with a big idea or an established company aiming to expand your impact, we're here to support you every step of the way. Our mission goes beyond traditional business development. We're committed to nurturing your dreams and empowering you to achieve greatness. From strategic planning and networking to hands-on support and personalized coaching, we provide the tools and guidance you need to succeed. So if you're ready to transform your vision into reality, look no further than Capital Business Development. Visit us today at www.capitalbd.ca to learn more about how we can help you unleash your potential to change the world. Your dreams matter. Let's make them happen together. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. Welcome back to the Business Development Podcast. This is episode 22. And on today's episode, we are fortunate enough to have Ken G of the Edmonton Chamber of Commerce, a little local celebrity, entrepreneur, broadcaster, quite an amazing man. And uh, we have a great interview for you today. Stay tuned. The great Mark Cuban once said, business happens over years and years. Value is measured in the total upside of a business relationship, not by how much you squeezed out in any one deal. And we couldn't agree more. This is the Business Development Podcast. Based in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And broadcasting to the world. You'll get expert business development advice, tips and experiences, and you'll hear interviews with business owners, CEOs, and business development reps. You'll get actionable advice on how to grow business. Brought to you by Capital Business Development, capitalbd.ca. Let's do it. Welcome Welcome to the the Business Business Development Development Podcast. Podcast. And And now your your expert host, Kelly Kelly Kennedy. Kennedy. Hello, welcome back to the Business Development Podcast. You are listening to episode 22. And today we have Ken G of the Edmonton Chamber of Commerce. Ken, you're a little bit of a local celebrity. And it's absolutely amazing to have you on the show. I've been trying to have you for a little while. I know there's been a kind of a bit of back and forth to make that happen. And I just want to say thank you so much for coming. A little bit about Ken. Ken was born and raised in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. A strong work ethic was installed in Ken as a child while working in the family business. Ken is a serial entrepreneur and began public speaking in elementary school. Many steps along the way led him to a career in broadcasting and announcing starting at age 14. Ken worked as a radio, TV, news and sports broadcaster for many years and learned skills which he would eventually leverage into a successful career in corporate sales. A strong believer in personal development and association, Ken used those skills to found a commercial moving and logistics company that developed into one of Edmonton's most prominent service providers for over 16 years. He continued to pursue his lifelong passion in horse racing and landed his dream job as a horse racing announcer, which he continues to work at as his secondary career. During the COVID lockdown, Ken was presented with the opportunity to join the Edmonton Chamber in a support role, which has grown into a more significant role as the head of member relations for our 1800 plus strong membership. Ken has been blessed to have lived many experiences which may seem unreal to some, and has also experienced the agony of disappointment. However, 
Ken approaches life with tenacity and does not let the fear of failure stop him from trying his hardest at anything he sets his mind to. Ken, it's a pleasure to have you on the Business Development Podcast. How are you doing today? It's a pleasure to be here. I'm doing great. Boy, what a buildup. I hope I live up to the billing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always, I, I say this every time, but whenever I read somebody's bio, I'm like, man, I got to catch up. That is impressive. <laughs> well, I have a few years on you too, so don't forget that. <laughs> yeah, but it, you know what I mean? Just, just, just going over like the flow. And, and one thing I want to kind of touch on too is that one thing that I've noticed with a lot of the entrepreneur interviews that I've had most people start entrepreneurship quite young and you as well. Can you tell me a little bit about your family's business? Yeah, well, you know, I, I think it was, uh, wasn't so much that uh, as a kid, I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but, you know, uh, I grew up with that uh, immigrant mentality, right? My folks uh, immigrated from southern China. Actually, I'm the fourth generation uh, to be here in Canada. So very fortunate to be here that my folks uh, picked, picked Edmonton to be the place that uh, they wanted to raise their family. But, you know, when they have a family business, um, everybody's involved, especially, you know, when you're running a corner store, right? That's what they did uh, when they first came to Canada. So uh, I just remember as a kid, uh, when I was tall enough to stand on a, uh, a pop bottle box <laughs> and reach the cash register, I was in there helping in the business. Yeah. So uh, I have three siblings and we all were uh, expected to help uh, at the family business um, you know, mom and dad worked from nine to 10 at night every day. Yeah. And so, uh, there was a lot of help needed in that business and that was just the way we grew up. That's what we knew. Yeah. I can imagine like your understanding of business must be a little different. You know what I mean? Like, obviously I grew up as a kid. Uh, my, both my parents worked, they worked a lot. Um, so like as a kid, I feel like I saw my parents like quite little, although I know that's not true. I saw them a lot, but the reality is it felt like they were always working, but they didn't own, well, I guess my dad owned his own little maintenance firm, but he was essentially just an independent contractor. And my mom, she worked in healthcare. And so I, I would see them kind of from time to time. But like, what was it like growing up in a family with like an understanding of business? Like you must have had a pretty good understanding of business as a little kid. Oh, absolutely. I think, um, you know, the, the biggest things that my folks instilled in me were uh, work ethic, I mean, uh, you did what it took to to make the business go, to make it run. And also you majored on the majors, right? Uh, no time for, you know, worrying about the small stuff because the goal was you're in business. You've got to make money. You got to pay your bills. So, uh, you know, focusing on the bigger picture and what needed to be done, I think really uh, is what has uh, what's uh, been learned from my experience from a young child growing up being an entrepreneur myself is that. Uh, when you want to be in business, you need to be focused and you need to know why you're doing things. Yeah, yeah, you bet. Can you tell me like a little bit about your public speaking career? Like, you know, for people who don't know you, Ken, you're a bit of a local celebrity. You really are. And I know you'd never admit to it, but you totally are. And uh, you kind of over the past little bit, you know, I mean, we met when I joined the chamber, like, frankly, I think it was like my second renewal. And you you kind of came on and introduced yourself. And we started chatting because we both have a, a business development background. So kind of connected immediately on that front. But um, you know, I mean, I've seen you now at Coffee of the Chamber, I see you like on socials all the time, you have really, really inserted yourself into the chamber, I guess, like part of your career, part of the, um, the job requirement, I suppose, but you are you're just killing it, man. Like, you know, I mean, I, I watched you do the announcements for coffee with the chamber, you're always kind of organizing, you're, you're promoting all the local business, and um, you're really appreciated. And, and I just want to say, like, 
I even even though that's not like kind of the main thing that this is about, I did just want to kind of single you out a little bit and say that I really appreciate the work that you're doing. And I think you're doing an excellent job. Oh, well, thanks so much for those kind words. I, I've never seen myself as a celebrity. Um, you know, it was really funny. I was speaking with somebody the other day um, who is in communications uh, professionally, and uh, they were saying that they are an introvert normally, but they know how to flip the switch when they have to speak because that's their job. And that's kind of sort of where I where I am with things. And I guess it comes with it when you're in the public eye. But um, no, I'm just here to serve. And I, I really enjoy meeting people. And if that means that I'm out there and people know who I am, then I guess that's great because I, I really do. I'm a pretty gregarious person. But in terms of public speaking, I mean, it all started all started in grade one with my teacher, Mrs. Meekins. <laughs> people say, where, where, where did you get, uh, you know, you know, have you spoken before? Like, what's your experience? Because, oh, obviously you were a broadcaster. You can do this. No, actually, I got my start when I was in grade one. I remember Mrs. Meekins coming to me and saying, you know, we need an MC for our school Christmas concert. I know you're in grade one, but would you be able to do that for us? Would you like to do that? And here I am, you know, this little kid thinking, what? You want me to speak? What? And hey, from uh, from there, the rest is history. I remember being scared to death as a little kid, being asked to speak in front of a group. But, you know, uh, that's where I got a taste of it. That's where it all started. And uh, that's what eventually led me to uh, my career in broadcasting was, yeah, I thought I can do this. I think I could be good at this. Yeah. So did you did you end up going to school for broadcasting then? Um, can you tell me a little bit about your broadcasting career? Yeah. So, excuse me, as a, as a kid growing up, um, you know, I, I was really interested in media, um, you know, and I'd never really considered myself a performer, but I guess I am because, uh, you know, public speaking, that's a creative outlet and it's, uh, it's performing. But, uh, you know, I, I kind of knew as a kid growing up that I wanted to be uh, a broadcaster. I would watch sporting events. I would watch people on TV, just creating the excitement and being able to tell a story in such a way that you would get wrapped up in it. So I remember at a very young age that that was something that I wanted to pursue. Um, and then my big break came in high school, which is really funny. I remember um, thinking, wow, one day I would like to go and take a broadcasting program. So let's start off and see what we can do. So I remember first day of high school, um, there was an announcement saying that they needed a football stadium announcer uh, over at Jasper Place High School, Jasper Place Bulls, what they called it in the day. Yeah. And I remember thinking, this is it. This is what I want to do. And they're <laughs> even going to pay to do it. So I remember going to see uh, uh, the phys ed uh, department and uh, Ted Thresher, who is a very prominent uh, in the wrestling community was has gone to a number of the Olympics to be an official. But I remember going to see him and I said, Mr. Thresh, I'm really interested in his position being the stadium announcer at our football games. He said, really? Do you have any experience? I'm like, well, I'm a kid. What experience would I have? Yeah. He says, well, okay, let me, uh, let me, let me see what, uh, what we can do. And I remember at the end of the day, uh, I got a, he called, they called me on the announcements to come in to see him in the office. I was like, oh, what's this all about? And he said, okay, Kent, you've got the job. And I was like, what? I got the job. I'm going to be announcing football games. He says, yep, yep, you're the one. And I said, well, you know, who else was there that that came and talked to you about it? He said, well, you were the only one. 
<laughs> See, you had the balls to do it. That's you know, what I mean, I talk right. about it all, all the time on the podcast. You know, what I mean, I'm I'm always I'm harping a little bit on our listeners that they have to ask for meetings. You have to you have to have the bravery to ask for what you want. And and the funny thing is, is most of the time, if you if you have the bravery to do it, I would say like nine times out of ten, you get what you ask for. You don't ask, you don't get. You're absolutely right. So uh, from there, uh, you know, I I announced uh, football games as a kid in high school and I got paid for it. It was great. Um, You know, I, I, you know, in terms of uh, doing part time jobs in high school, sometimes you have to do some pretty greasy things. But, um, you know, I was really enjoying doing that. Um, And then I I decided, you know, in grade 12, I better I better do something uh, formally. So I applied to the radio and TV arts program and uh, went through that. And, uh, you know, went through my first year. Um, it was really exciting, you know, had to decide, did I want to do TV? Did I want to do radio? Learned a lot about the industry, met some industry greats who came in to uh, do some instruction for us. And uh, so part way through my second year, um, you know, at, and those days, Nate did uh, placement programs. And I said to my instructors, I said, you know, I really feel like I'm ready. I, I think I need to go get a job in the industry. And sure enough, they found me the job of a lifetime going to Castlegar, BC, a town of 5,000 people. I didn't even know where it was. <laughs> and I, I, I loaded up my little car uh, two weeks before Christmas and uh, drove off into the mountains. My dad came with me. Uh, I got there and uh, the radio station I was going to become the news director at was in the basement of an insurance building. Oh, wow. <laughs> I I thought I was going to cry when I got down Main Street and found the place. But you know what? It was all about paying my dues. And uh, that's where my broadcasting career started was from uh, a 10,000 watt AM radio station in the Kootenays in BC. That's amazing. You know what? I'm I'm totally with you. You know, there's so many people that just want to get into an industry and just be amazing. And I'm sorry, that's just not how it works. It really isn't how it works. You know, I cut my teeth for many, many years. I actually, um, I actually gave a thank you to one of my old bosses on the last episode, because there were a lot of opportunities that I needed to get to where I was at today. You know, I mean, I didn't just wake up good at business development. I didn't just wake up yesterday and start a business development firm. It took me right. over a decade to get to a point where I was comfortable taking that leap and, and going out on my own. And, and I had a lot of help on the way and good mentors and people that were willing to sit down and say, Hey, Kelly, these are some of the mistakes that I made. You should maybe try to avoid these things. And, and it's like, you need to be able to like Ken said, you need to be able to cut your teeth, you need to be able to put in your dues, and um, it will pay off. But if you were at the beginning of your career, you know, whether that's an entrepreneur, whether that's in business development or sales, just understand that you're going to get better at it. It just takes a little bit of time. But every day that you commit to that, you're getting a little bit better. And then one day you're Ken, Kenji, and you're out here uh, <laughs> rocking the world. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I, I, we're the sum of our experiences, right? So those experiences are maybe the greatness, some of those things that you experience that you're just, you're so proud of. But, you know, part of those experiences that make us what we are are also some of the failures that we've had. And I've had lots of failures, and I don't mind saying that because they have uh, contributed uh, to the successes I've had too, right? And so I think that's really important that we embrace those opportunities as well. Sometimes we don't want to do the dirty work uh, that get us to the places we want to go because it's not glamorous and it's not, it's scary, right? So Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, I, I, and just to kind of touch on that too, I feel like 
consistency, right? Like it took me a long time. I talked about this in a previous episode. It took me a long time to get consistent. Um, consistent, I suppose, in a way that I was following kind of a, a set of rules or a set of um, processes that I utilized on a regular basis. And I found that when I found when I had like a little bit of consistency in what I was doing, and I could develop a little bit of self discipline, that was when I truly got incredibly effective. And that takes a little bit of time, it takes some like some soul searching and a little bit of am I really doing as good as I could be doing? What else can I be doing? I guess becoming an entrepreneur really flicked that switch in me that I needed to like, I needed to think this thing through not once, but twice, but three times and make sure that I am putting my all um, as much as possible. And now definitely, I would say like, I'm at a point in my life now where I've never worked harder. But it's never, never been more rewarding either. So that's, you know what, that's some great introspection, because I think that self evaluation is really important. Uh, You know, I'm my worst, uh, my own worst critic. The one thing I would add to that, though, is that um, to be an entrepreneur as well, um, you need to be intentional, besides being consistent, right? Because you need to be out there doing the things that you need to do for a reason when you own a business. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, I guess one of the things I I, I want to go back to what you were discussing before about being a bit of an introvert. I am also a, an introvert who had to learn to flick, flick the on switch to become an extrovert. Because yeah, for a long time, man, picking up the phone scared the crap out of me. Um, you know, going to mm-hmm. going to an event like coffee with the chamber was not something that I could do comfortably and feel and you know what, like the reality is I still get a little bit anxious. I still have my moments where I'm in a room like that room like, Oh, crap, like I got to actually go out turn the flick the switch get into my extrovert mode and meet some new people but the funny thing is is that most of them don't bite so so you just gotta you just gotta find some bravery within yourself flick that switch and get out there and say hello and you know what the besides uh, besides that like really who cares yeah <laughs> you know i think we we scare ourselves away from situations because we're worried that we're you know we're gonna look dumb or you know, we're gonna fail at it and it's not gonna be a good look for us you know what it, those those moments don't last very long. Well, hopefully they'll last very long. Uh, but uh, really, people are so wrapped up in themselves and they're important to themselves that, you know, when you make mistakes and things like that, I think uh, they don't, uh, they, they just go, they go by. But they're, like I said earlier, they're part of what make you eventually what you are, right? Yeah, absolutely. It, it all builds together. And, and like I said, like now I don't get as nervous. And I kind of talk about this in the podcast where it's like that repetition of things that make you uncomfortable. You do get better at them over time with that repetition. So, you know, even if you're scared today to kind of pick up the phone and make that 15 phone calls you need to be making today, or to ask a client for a meeting, every time that you do that, you get better at it. And it starts to become easier and easier and easier with that repetition. That's funny because you sound like such a natural at doing this. I would never, I would never think that you're nervous about doing this. Oh, Kelly. totally. I got nervous before this interview. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. No, I, I totally do. You know what? I totally do. I'm not afraid to admit it. I definitely, um, I fight a little bit of, of performance anxiety, I guess, um, or stage fright. I guess some, some might call it stage fright as well. Just, you know, getting up in front of people or having meetings or stuff like that. There's definitely a moment and it doesn't matter whether it's a lunch meeting for me or an in-person meeting or a speech or something like that. Yeah, I, I definitely do fight it a little bit, but I don't let it hold me back. That's the thing, right? Like some people would experience that and that would be that they step back. I can't do this. What I've learned is you can do this. You just need to take that step forward. And I imagine, 
I imagine you even had a moment or two um, in your in your speech career, in your broadcasting career, where you got a little bit nervous, but you did it anyway. Oh, lots of times. I mean, hey, even there's sometimes I come to coffee and, uh, you know, I've, I've got the jitters when I look out at the group. But you know what really helps is being prepared, you know, and, and you hit on that, which is uh, repetition. Because I think once you've done something enough times, it's second nature to you, right? It's like an involuntary muscle. You're, you just know um, what you're going to be doing and it's second nature to you. Maybe you don't even think it through. I was just um, saying to somebody the other day about, you know, calling horse races, right? Like I really notice, and it's a seasonal, it's seasonal work. So when I call horse races, you know, and I'm, I'm in the groove and I can think very fast and have the words come out of my mouth uh, as quickly as I'm seeing the race, what I really notice about myself when I'm really been practicing is that, uh, or I'm doing the races right in the middle of the season is that sometimes things will even come out of my mouth. And I don't even remember thinking that I was going to say that. Wow. And which is really kind of scary because uh, thankfully I haven't said anything wrong. I hope to anybody, <laughs> but, um, you know, cause, uh, I'm in my boss at the chamber. He says, uh, he says, you've got some great one liners. And I think I don't even remember coming up with that one liner. I just, it just came out, but it's that point about when you do things over and over with repetition, um, you know, it's second nature to you. And that also helps you get rid of the jitters. It's just like cold calling, right? Like mm -hmm. I've watched so many people come and go through sales that I've worked with that they dance around the phone. They're scared to pick it up. They just got rejected on the phone and that's really turned them off wanting to do the next call. But, you know, it's second nature to me when I pick up the phone to call people, right? It's just next 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 and yep. that's just because that's just happened through repetition you know what else i find too ken is that especially with cold calling is that you can get into a groove but you will never get into that groove unless you pick up that phone and you make the first three calls right um what i've always found is that on days that i need to make cold calls i just kind of shut off everything and i just start and and regardless of how i'm feeling about it because obviously most of us challenge or, or struggle with cold calls most of us don't like doing cold calls. But the funny thing about cold calls is once you get started in it, you can get into a bit of a flow. And when you're in that flow, you can go from making three or four more challenging cold calls. The next thing you know, you made 20, 30 cold calls, and you're still you're still grooving. The key is always just to take that first step. It's like it's like any any big journey, it doesn't matter whether you're climbing Everest, or you're walking to 711. It all starts with a single step and cold calls are that same thing. They all start with one. And from there, you can move your way up. And it doesn't take very long. Next thing you know, you're at 15, 20. Oh, and you have to understand, uh, too, why people are rejecting you on the phone, right? Because I think that's the biggest downer when you're, you're trying to get into a groove and the first one just blows you out of the water. Um, sure. You know, they're not rejecting you personally as a person. They're just rejecting that you're, you're trying to, you know, their, your product or service that you've got. So um you learn to do that but you know what uh, a great way to get over the jitters for cold calling is what? go get a job as a telemarketer because <laughs> <laughs> i i've tried that before yeah and actually i was actually pretty good at it i only did it for a short period of time a long time ago when I, I you know i've always had something as a side hustle to to make some extra cash and you know i did that for a number of months and um uh, Boy, you sure learn a lot yeah. about yourself and you sure learn a lot about the psychology of the call and all that kind of stuff when you when you do that for a while. So there are good telemarketers. There are professional uh, phone salespeople. And it's again, it's just a skill that you got to pick up on and 
and uh, and, and repetition, right? You've got to learn the uh, the ins and outs of that. Yeah, I can't imagine. That must have been pretty challenging. You know, I mean, I, I've definitely based my my career on business development in a, in a relationship generation standpoint. So I can't imagine how challenging it must be to essentially create a rapport with somebody and sell them something in a span of about 15 minutes. <laughs> Well, right. So that's like one of the ultimate, ultimate uh, accomplishments is to be able to do that, to develop relationships quickly, because isn't that really what sales is all about? You know, I think there's this uh, misconception that sales is about, oh, you're a great talker. Um, You know, you've got the gift of gab. I always hear that one, right? Mm -hmm. Great salespeople have the gift of gab and there's nothing further from the truth. I find the, the best salespeople, best people in biz dev are the ones that are great listeners yes. and the ones that can develop instant relationships with people, relating with people. Cause I mean, that's what, that's how you develop long-term business relationships. Yeah, no, absolutely. I totally understand what you're saying. Cause like I found, I mean, I've said this before when I was kind of giving tips on meetings and I said, I got really good at, 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 at business development and sales when I learned to shut up. And I mean that in the nicest, most kind way, but you can, you can talk way too much. And a lot of the times, the best thing that you can be doing is just ask a question and let somebody talk. Because most of the time, if they're talking, they're giving you all the hints as to what they need anyway. So it makes your job a 1000% easier if you just ask the right questions and allow your customer to tell you what it is they need instead of you trying to tell them what they need. You know, one of, one of the greatest things I learned uh, in sales, not just in sales, but in relationships um, through all of the books and all the tapes and all the recordings that I've listened to for personal development, I can't, I think it was Zig Ziglar said this. He said, everybody walks around with a sign on their head that says, make me feel important. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. And that's the key to developing relationships. People, uh, don't care what you know, so they know you care. Yeah, no, that's, that's great advice. And, and the other side too, right? It's like, what's the most important thing to anybody, their name, make sure you're using people's name, right? Like, don't, don't just say, Hey, guy over there, you know, like, try to try to remember because people's names are so important. And so yeah, 100%, you need to make people feel special, you need to take that, take the time to ask good questions, take the time to be prepared. And that's how you're going to be successful in your conversations with people. And yeah, it takes a little bit of time. Like, I, you know, before this meeting today, I, I always sit down about a half an hour early, Ken, and I, I review I review as much information on you as I can find. Why? Because because I want to know about you. I genuinely want to know. And the only way that I can know about you is to have a general idea of who you are so that I can I can probe in and learn more. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when you do that, you, you make some great friends because you learn some really cool things about people. Absolutely. Yeah. I talk about this quite a bit in the show when I'm kind of discussing meetings. And, you know, the reality is, I know a lot of people, they show up to their meetings so unprepared. And I, and, I, and I kind of harp on them a little bit, because the reality is before you should always show up to your meeting, first off 20 to 30 minutes early, especially if it's a lunch, you should have already reviewed all the information on the person you're going to meet with, because you don't want to be the unprepared one, you need to make life as easy as possible for your client, especially if you're the one who asked for that meeting. You need to do the homework. You need to do that up front. And I know so many salespeople just show up. They don't know anything. They haven't researched the company. They know nothing about the person they're meeting with. And then they just look silly. They look unprepared and it doesn't reflect well on you or your business. So by just being a little bit more prepared, just by giving yourself that extra 20 minutes to sit down, do a little bit of deep digging, think about some questions you might want to ask them, you're going to look a thousand percent more professional and you're going to be a thousand percent more effective in creating that relationship.
Absolutely. You betcha. So Ken, can we, can we move on? Like, you know, you've been, you've been an entrepreneur for a long time. So I, I kind of love having you on here because first off, you're actually the first business development person I've also had. You're, you're kind of like a triple whammy, right? You got, you got the business development skills, you got the entrepreneurial skills, and you can teach people about the benefits of, of a chamber of commerce of, of the Edmonton chamber of commerce specifically. So I'm really, really thrilled to have you on. And I definitely want to just kind of chat. I do want to chat about um, your entrepreneurial career. Um, can you was was transitions moving and logistics one of the first companies that you founded? Um, it was one of the first. Yes, I mean, in terms of entrepreneurial journey, I mean, it depends what you what you. Uh, uh, consider that right like i one of the icebreakers i had at a virtual coffee at the chamber recently i asked everybody what was your first money making venture in your life and everybody came up with the well you know i had a paper route and i did all this and it was great yeah mine was uh i remember in element again elementary school right mine was uh the guy who led the the popcorn sales because we needed to have a fundraiser for playground stuff so i remember uh spending hours uh sitting there with the, the in the old days with those uh, electric uh popcorn poppers sitting there popping bags of popcorn and when the parents came to pick up their kids selling them and making all this money so that we could do this fundraiser that was my earliest recollection of entrepreneurialism but you know again um you know when you're in broadcasting i think uh, you're always looking for a side hustle mm-hmm. and i think really when i was uh, venturing out in that um in high school years that's when i really started to learn that you know, you couldn't rely on one thing. You needed to do a number of things, have a number of income streams. And so to diversify or have other side hustles was really the thing. So that's really what drove me to to be an entrepreneur. And I'm always open to looking at uh, opportunities because, you know, why limit yourself? You you probably have some skills that you can leverage to do something else uh, in the business world. So, you know, uh, transitions was probably the the major venture um, that I got into, and that was all out of necessity. It wasn't because I wanted to be uh, an entrepreneur, but you know, I uh, I was doing corporate sales for an employer. Um, our employer uh, came in. Uh, you know, the things there were some signs that they were going to close our branch, and I remember saying to the owner of the business, "Hey, look, you know, we've all been pretty dedicated employees here." Um, if you're going to close this branch, can you let us know so we can go look for other jobs? Because we work pretty hard for you guys. No, no, you guys are fine. Uh, <laughs> the following weekend on family day, they came in and gave us our pink slips oh, man. and told us we were all laid off. So uh, on a Monday, I got my pink slip. And by the Friday, hey, baby, we're starting a business. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at the time I was working for a moving company. Um, and I said, you know what? I've I'm not going to go look for another job. I need to start a business because I need to pay the bills. So, you know, I wish it was uh, much more glamorous circumstances. There was a buildup to doing it, but it was like, nope, I've got to take over this business territory that I've built and the employer doesn't want to do it anymore. So I guess I'll take it over and start a company. So, um, you know, literally in that Friday, I had been in to see um, uh, an accountant and a lawyer to get the business set up. Uh, And Monday, I was already doing business. We were doing moves. And uh, it was scariest time of my life because Friday afternoon we had committed to taking over this business. It was great that I could commit to doing uh, office moving for people considering I had no trucks, no equipment, no labor. Wow. Friday afternoon. (laughs) I'm freaking out. Um, But, you know, pulled it all together, called the guys that got laid off and said, let's go do some moves. You go get some trucks. You, you go get some equipment. 
I've got the business. Let's go work together and get it going. And, you know, that's the rest is history. So, um, entrepreneur. Yeah. I guess by accident, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. But you know what? Like even with capital, even, even with my business, it was relatively similar. It was very similar circumstances. Like we were in the middle of COVID and, um, I'd worked for a company for at that point, it was a little over nine years. And, you know, me and my boss, we were pretty close. We, we had, I was pretty much second in command of that company. And, um, we kind of sat down and he said, Kelly, like, you know, like you're great at what you do, but the reality is we don't know what things look like in January. And I think you need to have another plan. Um, at the time I had an idea, like I definitely had the idea that I wanted to have a business development firm at one point, but you know, you know how it is when you work somewhere for a long time and you get comfortable and complacent. And I was good. I was good. Just, just continuing working, but definitely jump started. Oh crap. I need to start thinking real quick and kind of looked into what opportunities there were, looked at registering a business name and that sort of thing. And yeah, like the next month I essentially took a layoff, which, which thankfully came with, uh, with some money. And I just took that money, reinvested it immediately in starting capital and the rest is history. It totally worked out. But I remember same as you being absolutely shit scared. (laughs) (laughs) To say the least. Yeah, yeah, because it's like there's no guarantees, right? Like the funny thing is, guys, and, and I'm speaking to my people who are out there working right now, who maybe have the idea of starting your own business, but you're thinking, well, yeah, but like I'm safe in my business. Guys, there's no guarantees either way. And I know it can be hard to see when you're when you're in an employment position. But the reality is your employment position can end at any time for any reason, just the same as as the risk of starting a business. So if you're on the fence, and that's your reason, just understand that you're, you know, I mean, you're in danger either way, either way. And at least if you take that step into entrepreneurship, you take that risk, the pride you will feel inside about doing something on your own is so much greater than you can get when you're working in, in, in an employment position, especially if it's something you've done for a long time. Um, there's definitely just something about starting your own business that is incredibly powerful. Absolutely. I think, you know, part of me um, when I got into it was a, a challenge for myself. I thought, you know, this, I want to be able to, to prove to myself that I can do this, right? So yeah, I had to do it out of necessity, but it was also something uh, personally that I wanted to do to see if I could do it, right? Absolutely. And uh, now that I, I know what it takes to run a business, I think that's why when I talk about open opportunities and looking, because I think everybody has side hustles these days. I mean, I, I really enjoy the work that I do at the chamber. It's it's turned out to be right up my alley Absolutely. because, um, you know, I never, I realized that I had such a passion for business and helping uh, other people with their businesses. Have a great time working with them in Sam G as well. We, we have such laughs all the time uh, talking about ideas, some things that we want to do to help members. We have a lot of fun doing it. I think, though, there's always room for us to uh, challenge ourselves with other things. And if that's uh, entrepreneurship, why not give it a go? You know, if, if you do it right, maybe there's not a lot to lose. Yeah. And, and I, I'm a firm believer that you don't need to go into debt to start a business. You know, like um, all businesses Absolutely. take a little bit of money to start. But let's get real. You can you can found a business for a couple thousand dollars. You really can. And and don't let the cost idea hold you back. You know, I really want to inspire entrepreneurs with this podcast. And, you know, at the end of the day, I remember how scary it is to take that leap. But I also like the reward was so much greater. It was so much greater, both personally and financially. Um, I don't, 
I can't, you know, I mean, I look back now and I'm like, why the heck didn't I do this sooner? And so like the goal with <laughs> yeah. this podcast is to inspire people to take that leap because entrepreneurship is so rewarding and yeah, it's scary, but what isn't come on? What, what, what thing in your life that was worthwhile wasn't a little bit scary at first? Yeah. And I think uh, in terms of entrepreneurship and other things that people do, like, you know, it depends what you call, you know, entrepreneurship or starting a business. Maybe it's just, you know, the one off project that you like doing uh, uh, for your neighbor or or doing some work with your friend. I mean, that's exploring entrepreneurship, too. Right. It doesn't mean that uh, uh, you don't keep your nine to five. You don't do your other things, but doing other things on the side. Sometimes they're fun. Like you learn a lot about yourself doing them. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So when you um, when you started Transitions Moving, Can you tell me maybe some of the initial fears that you had when you started it and how you were able to personally overcome them? Well, I think the biggest fear was, am I enough? Mm. Can I do this? You know, and I I think that it's kind of like, and then also, um, am I going to be good enough? Like, am I like those guys that have existing businesses right now who are killing it and are making a full-time living at it? Like, will I be able to make enough money to survive? Will I lose a lot of money? You know, and I, and I think those are things that uh, are, are natural. I think those are things that, that people should be cognizant of because, yeah, you're in it uh, to make money because after all, it is a business no matter what you do. So um, I think overcoming it really um, is about, again, going back to being intentional and having a game plan. You know, um, I've had I've had people sometimes ask me when we get them started up as, as new members, they say, well, you know, I, I come to these networking meetings. Like, what am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Like, right? And I mean, what do you mean? What are you supposed to do? Well, you know, I come in and I just kind of bounce from person to person to person. And you know, if I talk to ten people one time, and then another pe- time I come, I talk to one person. Like, what should I be doing? And and you know, my response is, well, what is your goal this month? Why are you Why are you in business? Well, what do you mean? Well. <laughs> Okay, well, how much money do you need to make? Yeah. Well, what does that have to do with how many people I'm talking to? Well, you know, if you've got a revenue target you have to meet, you obviously know what the average amount per sale is you have to achieve. How many people, how many sales do you need to achieve this month to hit your revenue goal? Well, X number. Well, then you should be talking to at least that many number of people when you come to the networking meeting or when you're going out and doing sales calls. Like it all comes back to, the hard numbers, what amount of work do you need to do to achieve your goal this month? That's, that's being pretty intentional. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this podcast is is for those people, Ken, it really is. Because the reality is, most of us start a business doing something that we are good at, right? Like, it's like, you know, we have a skill, you know, whether that skill is organization, whether that skill is business development, whether that skill is whatever, you know, maybe you're a great welder, whatever your skill is you likely started a business based on that skill. But now you have to learn a whole new set of skills, you have to learn a whole new set of marketing skills, personal marketing skills, business marketing skills, business development. And those don't necessarily come natural. And it's not always easy to find that information. I think a lot of people joining the chamber are hoping that you can do some of that work for them. But like, really, I think the job of the chamber is to just give them opportunities, which my gosh, you know, the, the coffee with the chamber that you host is probably the biggest networking event in the city that I've ever seen. I, I, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I walked into that room. Yeah, last there's week. a couple. There's a couple people come on to that. Holy cow. Yeah. I walked into that room last week. And I was like, wow, like, I can't believe I, I, I can't believe like, you know, post COVID, 
that that is the room of people that you guys are drawing. It is impressive. And all I can say, guys, is that if you are in the Edmonton area, this is an event you need to go to. There's no question there will be a capital representative at every one of these meetings going forward. I've been so busy, Ken. I feel bad. I wanted to go for a long time and I just haven't been able to because I've been working contracts, doing the podcast and stuff. But I finally got an opportunity last week to go. And it blew my mind. That event that you guys have organized is unbelievable. And like I said, if you guys are in Edmonton, you have to check out a coffee with the chamber. It is it is amazing. Yeah. Oh, I'm and I'm glad that, that you were able to come. Thanks so much for that. You know, uh, we're really proud of that event because I looked at look at where that started last summer when I first started with the chamber. You know, one of the things that Amin and I did when we first uh, even went through the interview process, he, he told me about some of the, the things that uh, he wanted to achieve for the chamber um, right away. And uh, one of them was, you know, we need to create a connection place for our members so that they can connect and network in person and make those personal relationships because i don't know about you kelly but i've never signed a big deal with a a company over a team's call or or over the phone no you know that's all right it's all in person so we set out intentionally to build a networking event that so many people would come out to that we would create a community uh, uh, that that people could come make a lot of contact so you know yeah it's great that we have big numbers coming out to it but uh, that's not I mean, that's that's a bragging thing if if that's that's how we treated that. But really what we want to do is just create so many opportunities in the numbers of people that we have at the event yeah. that you can talk to. You can kind of cherry pick who you want to talk to because there's so many different kinds of industries represented there. So by having big numbers, I think we we offer that to uh to the edmonton business community is to uh, hey you want to make a lot of contacts in a short period of time this is the place you do it you invest an hour and a half once a month and there they are you know now go to it yeah absolutely like i was gonna say the only challenge with that is there's so many people like there you know i mean i'm not sure what the numbers is i'm sure you know do you know how many people were at that event ken yeah, we were just shy of 300 for the second month in a row. <laughs> there's, yeah, a few, it was, there's a few people. It was, uh, it was pretty unbelievable. I was going to say, like, the only challenge with that is, is that you can't talk to 300 people in an hour and a half. Um, it would be really cool if there was a way that we could find a way to, like, single it down to maybe, like, industries or something like that. I, it, I don't know how you do it, but it, it, was, it was unbelievable. It, I feel like there's so much opportunity there. It's just finding a way to organize it in a way that you could actually talk to the people you needed to talk to. Oh yeah, for sure. And you know, um, we, we tried a couple of meetings ago by asking for a show of hands, just general asking for general groups of, uh, of occupation, right. <laughs> for people to identify themselves. Yeah. And I think I asked for five, diff- five or six different industry groups and soon realized that though there's way, way more than five or six, uh, <laughs> yeah. categories that some people fit into. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, well, we're still trying to figure that one out. Yeah. But. No kidding. No kidding. It, even like, I was thinking like even like a digital list, like just some type of thing that we could reference to after maybe like a maybe there's a way like a QR code that we could enter in our data and compile a list of people for you, something like that, that would just be easier to kind of for members to reach out to other members after because I know it's like the opportunity there is gigantic, but like the amount of people there is also gigantic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the issue that we run into is like, we, you know, we can't share uh, names, right. Because sure. of privacy issues. But I think there's nothing stopping from uh, people from being on LinkedIn and just saying, Hey, I was at the meeting. Yeah. Uh, just to let other chamber members know that, that you were there. And then uh, I'm sure people can DM you on, 
on LinkedIn to uh, to connect and everything like that. But you know what? I'm, I'm not opposed to. I'm not opposed to people calling me and saying, hey, I'm, I'm coming out to the meeting tomorrow. Um, can you tell me what kind of industry groups will be there? And, you know, in a general way, I can kind of tell you like, yeah, there's going to be some people from this industry, people from this industry. And, um, you know, if that helps you identify the kind of people that you're looking for, then, you know, I'm, I'm glad to do that. And also too, um, you know, we often, that's the whole point of, of a connection and engagement, right? We want you to meet other chamber members. So the more you come out to coffee with the chamber live, Hey, you missed them this meeting, but it gives you another reason to come back next time, right? Yeah, Maybe absolutely. You can, uh, meet some of those people the next time. So it's uh, it's an amazing event, Ken. Yeah, you guys have absolutely killed it. That is one of the most impressive networking events I think I've ever been to, and I can say that with you know like a fifteen year career in sales and business development, that is one of the most impressive networking events I think I've ever seen. So congratulations! Well, thanks so much. Thanks so much. That's you know. That's that's due in large part to the vision of uh, of Amin putting that together and and uh, us working together to get that that done for our members. So yeah, we're glad to do that. So how how did you get involved in the chamber? Can you tell me that story? Like how did you end up in the chamber? Well, so uh, you know, during uh, I was calling uh, horse races. That was my my new career mm-hmm. uh, just before the lockdown, and then uh, boom, lockdown happens, and as many people experienced immediately, you were not going to be working, and uh, so you know I I returned to my entrepreneurial roots, uh, and as well as to my broadcasting roots, and uh, I ended up going back into doing media and doing some production work, uh, becoming a voiceover artist, and and I still do voiceover work um when it's requested and uh you know doing that through the lockdown was great um but it's a it's a tough world um you know it's it's extremely competitive and there's lots of work one day and not lots of work another day and i thought you know what this is uh, this is a great thing that i want to keep as a side hustle but i'm looking for uh a new challenge and uh, that's when a friend of a friend came through and said you know i know this guy at the chamber his name is amin and uh, he has an opportunity available. You should talk to him about it. Not really sure what they're looking for, but um, you know, you're you're you've got some business experience. You should talk to him. So that's how it all started. Amin and I had a conversation uh, very briefly about uh, what he was looking for, and I thought, well, this is kind of interesting. This is, uh, um, I know I can do this. Like I have the skills to do this. It's not a problem. But uh, um, never, uh, I guess, the lesson I learned from that is. Uh, never uh, limit yourself, right? Or never make judgments about something until you check it out. So we talked, uh, you know, a number of times and I was really impressed by what he was telling me about what he was trying to achieve. It was just sounded really exciting. Mm-hmm. So we met, I started there uh, with the with a basic job description uh, that he had laid out for me. But, um, uh, you know, a few ideas here, a few ideas there. I liked some of the things he was telling me and I said, you know, I can do that. I can do that. And uh, we started working together on things. And uh, the great thing about working in the membership department is, you know, we do have a, we, we'd look for new ways to engage with our members and create options and uh, engagement opportunities for them. And so Amin and I talked about some ideas and, you know, we started to click in terms of the chemistry of uh, being able to work together to come up with great ideas for things for our members. And uh, the role has evolved into what it is today. So I'm a bit of a jack of all trades uh, at the chamber. And, uh, you know, uh, it's great to be able to um, uh, to have that ability to do that um, within the membership team because uh, 
we get to work on a lot of fun things together. You're absolutely amazing at it too, by the way. Um, when we met for the first time, I was like, I like this guy. I really like Ken. Like I immediately <laughs> liked you. You are really millions, really- w- millions wouldn't, but some do. <laughs> yeah, no, it was really, really good. And, you know, I mean, I've been involved in, in, I've only been involved in the Edmonton Chamber through my business now for two years, but I've been involved in the Edmonton Chamber for many, many, many years in other businesses. And mm-hmm. um, I totally understand the benefits of, of a Chamber of Commerce, specifically the Edmonton Chamber of Commerce. You guys have been incredibly helpful in helping me make connections actually with the city of Edmonton specifically. Um, for anybody who's trying to get into municipalities or you're doing business development for companies that work with municipalities, finding the right people in municipalities can be very, very challenging. And I have found that reaching out to your local chamber they already have all those connections. And you guys were so helpful to get us to the supply chain um, of the city of Edmonton. And I was so thankful for that on behalf of one of my clients. Um, But for the people who aren't currently involved, either in the Edmonton chamber, Ken, or, you know, I mean, we're talking to people around the world um, with their local city chambers. Can you maybe just go over some of the benefits of joining a, a local chamber of commerce? Sure, absolutely. I mean, everybody knows uh, that the Chamber of Commerce is a business group. It depends on uh, which association you're a member of. I mean, uh, through my work career as an adult, I've always been part of a chamber, whether it was when I was off in my radio career or in other uh, locations through the country. But um, the Chamber of Commerce is mandated to promote and help local business uh, for its members. And, uh, you know, I think each chamber is unique. I think the Edmonton Chamber is extremely unique because we work on a lot of things that a lot of business associations don't. Uh, we're a nonprofit. We're mandated to help promote business and, and showcase uh, our membership, which we do a number of ways. We do that um, through our website, which has member directory listings. Think of it as a virtual phone book listing where you can showcase your business and tell the story of of what your business does. But we also have our events, right? So it's a way for you to connect and engage. I mean, what I was familiar with when I uh, was with the Chamber of Commerce in a small town in BC was it was the monthly place where, where you went and had lunch with your business buddies and everybody knew each other. Yeah. We're a little more than that at the Edmonton Chamber. You know, we host about 60 events a year, lots of opportunities to connect and engage. Of course, we've got our three networking meetings a month, the after work networking meeting uh, with uh, city councillors, which is your pipeline to City Hall. Um, As you spoke of, if you're looking uh, uh, for connections uh, within municipal government, we have our connections in provincial and federal government, but we have coffee with the chamber and we have two versions of those we have the online version uh we do once a month and then of course we have the monster coffee with the chamber live which is a great way to connect and engage in person main thing is there's always decision makers at coffee with the chamber so events that's a big one um the other ways we help you connect and engage is through our social media channels uh we can talk about that a little bit more about helping members showcase uh, their milestones and events. But the things that we do that make the Edmonton Chamber unique is that we, we provide two other things. We provide policy and advocacy support. What does that mean? Well, when you're the voice of business, because you're the largest business association in the city, uh, you have to know what your membership, uh, how they want you to represent them. Mm. So you have to have policy positions. And that's where our policy and advocacy team 
comes in. They develop policy positions for our members, but they're also on the lookout for things in the community uh, that are going to affect how our members do business. They're a huge resource and they work quietly. They're the unsung heroes of the chamber. They do all the the legwork as far as uh, formulating those policy positions and are there to speak on behalf of our members. And then the third thing that we do that's unique at the Edmonton Chamber is continuing education, professional development. Uh, We don't do events just to do events. We uh, respond to members' needs, just like uh, during the lockdown when our retailers couldn't get out to sell products face-to-face to their clients. Uh, we identified that as a problem and uh, brought in Shopify to help uh, e-commerce some of those retail businesses so they could keep going during the lockdown. So, so those are some of the things that we're dedicated to helping our members with. The big one right now that we're working on is a mentorship program through the chamber where we do a bit of matchmaking. If you are looking for some expertise or you can offer some expertise, uh, we'd love to have you involved. We just graduated our first cohort of um, uh, from the mentorship program a couple of months ago. You know, we had uh, Natalia from Bountiful Markets who, you know, stepped forward and said, I want to give back. You know, I've been uh, blessed with this success at the Bountiful Markets. How can I help some women entrepreneurs with their business? So she did. She led a cohort, graduated our our first class a a couple of months ago. And, um, you know, that's just an example of being part of an association or a business community that in numbers um, has the ability to work together to promote businesses. So I think that's what we do. That's, that's pretty unique at the Edmonton chamber. Um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, other groups that will help you out with networking specifically. Um, they'll help you out with, um, you know, making some connections and those are great groups. They're fantastic groups that we work with. Um, we just, we do a little bit more than just networking. So, yeah, yeah no, for sure. And, like with that mentorship program too, like we are talking to you to fellow chamber members, no question. Um, what are you guys looking for specifically in that program? Well, I think from uh, the point of view of being a mentor, we're looking for somebody that really has a passion for what they do and what they know and uh, that they want to share their expertise. You know, I, and I think that's uh, that takes a really special person that wants to do that because we're all busy people, right? Yeah. And uh, I think uh, if you've got something that you feel that you can offer, let's have a conversation about it. Um, let's talk about what it is that that drives you, what you would like to do, what you would like to, to teach, and what you'd like to share as far as experiences. Um, if you're somebody that's looking for help or looking for expertise, you know, maybe it's not something our mentorship can offer, but maybe it is. Maybe it's something very specific um, that you're looking for. It's still, again, worth the conversation. Let's let's talk about what it is you're looking for. And, uh, you know, as opportunities uh, pop up, we would definitely love to match you up with uh, with whatever expertise that you can offer or that you're looking for. Ken, does the chamber offer um, like marketing opportunities or do you guys have any like paid marketing systems that you you offer to members? Yeah, absolutely. Now, I, I don't know about you, but as an entrepreneur, I'm always looking for the outlets that are free. Like yes. <laughs> that was my, when I, when I had my business, it was kind of like, I don't want to spend any money until I've exhausted uh, all of the options that I have that are free. And, you know, chamber memberships come with so many resources that, when we do onboarding sessions, which I think is another thing that we we do that's pretty unique at the chamber, every new member has the opportunity to join me for an online onboarding session where I'll run through for half an hour, 45 minutes and show you online 
all of the resources that are available to you to showcase your business. So let's run through those. Let's figure out which of those resources work for you to help you showcase and tell the story about your business, whether that's through our resources or or us helping you come up with a collaboration. But yeah, we do have uh, uh, paid opportunities. We have our weekly newsletter that has a reach of 10,000 people a week. That's a lot. Uh, there's opportunities that you can uh, advertise in there. And as well, our edmontonchamber.com webpage, 22,000 page views a month. Um, some great reach on there. What's really cool is sometimes I, uh, when I'm working with a member, they're looking for ways to showcase their business, I'll Google them. And not only will their page come up, their webpage come up, but their Edmonton Chamber member directory page shows up too. Oh, cool. I think that's pretty cool because it shows a little bit about the reach that we have uh, through the, the Chamber webpage and our member directory pages. Yeah, no, for sure. And yeah, I remember like that was like the first thing I did when I joined the Chamber is I set up my set up my little directory page. And um, yeah, it was a really good opportunity. It's very easy. So for any of you that are kind of maybe a little bit uh, a little bit worried about about setting up a page like that, they do a really good job of making it simple to set up and join. I think there was even like some follow up to make sure that I'd done it right. So there was no challenges there. You know, I mean, your your processes for onboarding new members was very fluid and very easy, Ken. And um, I had no issues with it. I don't think if you're listening to this, and you're looking to join the Edmonton Chamber, you, I don't think you'll have any issues with it either. Um, Ken, I want to touch We're, a little uh, bit on the okay. business development side of the chamber. Um, you know, I mean, you being in member relations, and mind you, my first connection with you was after I'd already joined. But are you also involved in encouraging new members to join? Uh, absolutely. I mean, we're all, we all sell from time to time, right? And it all depends on, uh, you know, everybody's role um, in the organization. We always say everybody sells. Um, you say that in any kind of organization. But yes, I, I do um, work with people that are exploring membership at the Edmonton Chamber. Um, you know, what I'd like to do is just present what is available and um, find out what people are looking for, because not every business is the same, right? Some people are looking for different things. Some people, their focus is, hey, we got to get new sales. Other people's, it's we want to find a way to save some money. Um, other people's is, I'm getting static from um, City Hall over issues that I'm having with getting my business started up. So everybody has a different need for why they want to join the chamber. Mm -hmm. And I like to find out a little bit about that in the process. And if that's getting them set up with a membership, that's great. You know, sometimes we have people call and it's totally not what they what they need, right? So I guess what I do is I direct traffic um, uh, for people that are considering membership at the chamber. Is this something that is good for you that that will help you? Or is it something that maybe you need to explore another resource that I can refer you to before you you explore membership with the chamber? Yeah, for sure. Are there are there specific um, business development systems that you guys utilize at the chamber? Obviously, being the business development podcast, I always like to talk about how to market um, your organization. And I think an organization like the chamber, do you do you guys have like specific business development systems that you guys are utilizing that have been very effective for you? Yeah, well, you know, the really cool thing is when you have over 1800 members, uh, you've got a lot of built in experts, Absolutely. right? You know, we're, uh, we're, we're uh, like air traffic controllers, we direct people around. So oftentimes, um, we can have a conversation with somebody who has a need, and then direct them to a member, uh, or a member group you know, that uh, is the industry that they need to speak with. But really what we have is, uh, you know, between uh, our membership team, Amin, myself and Joanne Link, 
we've got experience from having owned our own businesses yeah. um, to be able to hear what people are telling us that they need and uh, directing them. You know, again, uh, I don't want to be the expert in business for the chamber. That's not my role there. My role is to hear what people need and then direct them to, you know, some people that are probably way better at those things than I am who are members of the Edmonton Chamber. But I am glad to to kick in a few things that that, that I know. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, in, in your opinion, like, you've been around a long time. You know, you're a serial entrepreneur. You've done lots of different business ventures. Make me sound old. <laughs> That's, it's okay. You're experienced and you do a good job. <laughs> <laughs> Much better. Thank you. But I guess... Have there been, like, what has been the most effective marketing strategy that you have found um, in your time as an entrepreneur, in your time, you know, uh, working in member relations, when you were trying to market your company, like, you know, I mean, I, I have my opinions, um, but I always like to hear the opinions of, of, of uh, my guests as to like, what, what in your world has been effective? Like, if you were to start a new business tomorrow, and you had to market it, you had to attract people. In your mind, what's the best money spent? People skills, mm, mm-hmm. learning how to work with people and develop relationships. You can have the best trucks, you can have the best equipment, you can have the best whatever and open the doors. No one's going to know about your business and you're not going to develop business. It's all about relationship building. And how do you build relationships with people? You learn some people skills. You learn how to engage with people. And those people skills usually are not, again, about, you know, uh, how to be a great speaker. It's all about listening and how to pay attention to what people are telling you, uh, cues that they're giving you. If I would have to spend any money on anything, it would be about relationship building and learning about people because I think that pays back uh, in bunches. Um, you know, there's a difference between developing cold leads and warm leads for your business. Like, I don't know about you, but, you know, I'm sometimes a bit of a lazy guy. I like to look for shortcuts. Here's one other thing I've learned. There's no shortcuts in success. <laughs> but one thing that I have learned is that, you know, I'd like to work smarter than work work harder. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I see people sometimes spending tons of money on uh, uh, things that maybe don't require tons of money, right? It's like, um, I, I talked to one guy recently who's been spending a lot of time knocking on doors, handing out leaflets for his business. And he just can't figure out why it doesn't work and why he should come to a networking mm-hmm. meeting. And I said, well, you know, when you're knocking on doors, you're never going to see these people. They don't know you, right? That's a cold lead. And uh, you'll go through far more numbers of people that you've met through cold leads than you will by coming to a networking meeting or saying hi to somebody that you're dealing with a, at a business or something. Once you make a, an association there, that's a warm contact. And I think you have a lot more success with those warm leads versus cold leads. So relationship building so that you can develop warm leads versus cold leads. Yeah, no, you hit the nail on the head. No question. And I want to touch on that because I like to call it active versus passive marketing. That's the way that I like to explain it. Your warm and cold leads. But the way that I kind of see it is, is like, you know, we live in a time that really, really advocates, well, you should have a digital media strategy, you should be handing out leaflets, you should just drop brochures off at these buildings. But the problem is, is that we're so bombarded with that advertisement. And we have been for a decade, that I think I think mentally, we don't even check into it. I think if you were leaving like a pamphlet at a business, or you're leaving it at a door, it's literally just going straight in the garbage, because people just are not receptive to that form of marketing. You have to do both. You have to have a strategy that incorporates both an active and a passive strategy. So 
like I said, I, I harp on it a lot. Like I use a CRM. CRM is how I track everything. I, I recommend it to everybody doing any type of marketing, um, regardless of your business type. But if you are, if you are essentially, in my mind, if you are giving somebody a pamphlet, um, you should be taking their information and putting it into a CRM so that you can follow up with them in a personable way to say, hey, you know, I stopped by, I dropped by a pamphlet, we do this, would love to connect with you because you need to connect as a person. That's how you're going to stand out from the crowd. Yeah, oh, totally. Uh, I agree 100%. Now, having said that, there are some pretty cool innovations in marketing these days, uh, you know, from I guess what what I would call like a sort of an electronic form of a, of a brochure or leaflet or something, right? There's some amazing stuff that these digital marketers are doing. And I'm always blown away by the ingenuity and some of the creativeness that they're doing. But, you know, in the end, if even if those are, are uh, cold ways to um, to draw people into a conversation, you know, still you have to have that conversation, right? So you're still going to be talking to somebody. It's not going to be, uh, if you want to buy, just go here and click sale, right? Yeah. Like, uh, like you know, it, there is a world for that. There really is, you know, it's in that B2C world. When If your business is B2C, you can do your Instagram marketing, you can sell your products on there, you can do that kind of stuff. But in my mind, if you are doing business to business or any kind of situation where there's going to be repeat business or a relationship generated, there needs to be that personal aspect. There needs to be that person-to-person connection. And you do that by asking for a meeting and doing it in person. And there's nothing better. There's truly nothing better. And I know it can be scary. And I know I'm talking to a lot of people that maybe are introverts. Uh, but you got you to learn to flip that switch. And you got to go say hi, introduce yourself, and be personable. Because that's how you're going to do very well. Um, that would just be my recommendation. I, I'm a big fan of uh, The Office. And I love that episode when Michael and uh, Dwight are delivering gift baskets to everybody. And I think that's really old school. People still do that, which is great. But it's just, you know, a classic example of when you are in sales and in business development, finding reasons to go out and meet people in person, right? Whether they're clicking online on the Dunder Mifflin website <laughs> to buy their paper or not, yeah. you still got to go out and do the gift basket run. Yeah, absolutely. I, You know what? I am a huge advocate of giving back to my clients. And I think that all companies should incorporate that. The reality is, is that it doesn't cost very much to go and give a little gift basket to your clients and say thank you. And the reality is you wouldn't be in business without them. So I also like to say that if you if you aren't doing that, you should be doing that. It It is just a nice thing to do. And most of us only have a handful of clients we're dealing with, especially in smaller businesses anyway. So it's not a huge cost. And um, it's really appreciated. We do Christmas cards, too. I love Christmas cards. And we give them out every year. And, and I, I give them out for all my clients, too. I always recommend they do that. It's just it, yeah, absolutely it's just a sure. personable thing, right? It's something people do for other people that we care about. And if you look at it from that standpoint, we care about our clients, right? So if you care about them, you should be out doing that. Absolutely. Well, Ken, this is, we're coming to the end of the show and it's been amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Ken. It's, I can't tell you how happy I am that, that you were able to do this. And thank you to the chamber for allowing Ken to come on the show as well. And I just like to close the show always, Ken, by asking if there's any questions that I could answer for you before we, uh, before we move to the end. Well, first off, thanks so much for uh, for inviting me to the show. I've listened to a number of your your podcasts and have become a fan now of what you're doing. Uh, you've you've got a great way about you when you do these, and I think people feel extremely comfortable uh, with you sharing their experiences. And I think experiences from other people they're always fun to listen to what other people have gone through with business and um, business advice. So, hats off to you! Congratulations for running a great uh, podcast. I, I would think that probably you know the the question I would ask you is. Um, in terms of somebody who's interested in in getting some some help, some business advice, 
capital business development. What what would be the next step for somebody that's seeking out advice from a an organization like yours? What do they what do they need to do? What are some of the things that you can help them with? Oh, awesome. Well, thank you for asking that. And first off, thank you so much for appreciating the podcast. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you. So <laughs> there's appreciation all the way around the board. <laughs> um, with capital business development, what we are really great at is we essentially we can review all of your current business development strategy, just make sure that it's kind of on point. What we typically do is we put a representative on with your company, we do it in six month terms. And we'll review your your marketing material, we'll kind of look at what you've been doing, we'll review your goals, we'll review your target list, make sure that we have the right people. And then we can we can essentially take over your complete business development program right down to the meetings. So we do absolutely everything from making those introductions, handling all the cold calls right to the meeting scheduling, we bring an expert from your business to kind of come into those meetings to sell your product. But we just do that rinse and repeat over and over again until you have a whole bunch of new clients. So that's that's capital business development. And Obviously, with the podcast, the goal here with the podcast is just to educate people and to give you inspiration and to let you know that there are tools that you can utilize. There are things that you can do specifically that that, yeah, while while I'm one guy and while we have a small team at Capital Business Development, we're limited to how many people we can directly help with the podcast. I can help a world of people. And my goal with the podcast is to do just that. And and I think you've achieved that. I, I hope that people, when they listen to this podcast, realize that there's uh, nothing that they can't talk to you about from a business point of view, because sometimes people that are looking for help with their business may be a little be, be a little embarrassed about sharing with you some of the things that they've been doing over and over and over that haven't been working for them. And you, as a person who are assessing what they're doing, um, you make people feel very comfortable about talking about what they've been doing uh, with their business, with their career. So uh, I think that would be that would be something that I would see as, as a huge benefit to, to talking to someone like you about their businesses and having them assessed. Yeah, there's no judgment here, Ken. You know, the reality is I've made all the mistakes myself too. So um, I have no judgment. If you guys have questions regarding your business or anything like that, you guys can reach out to me on LinkedIn. You can call me at the Capital Business Development website number. You can get me kind of wherever you need to get me, you can get me. Um, with the podcast itself, we have podcast at capitalbd.ca. You can email any questions to me directly on there. I do answer all of them. And um, just another quick thing before we kind of close out, Ken, uh, we are coming up. This is going to be when this episode drops, it'll be the very last day for the Quill Podcast Awards. We have nominated uh, the Business Development Podcast for this award show. So if you do have a minute today and you are listening to this on the Sunday that it drops, please do go to the Quill Podcast Awards 2023 and nominate the Business Development Podcast. Uh, You can nominate us for any new podcast or any business related podcast category. And Ken, if um, if anybody needs to get a hold of you, if you want to get a hold of Ken G at the Edmonton Chamber, how can people reach out to you? Uh, you can feel free to reach out to me directly, but probably it's better if you reach out to the membership department and uh, we'll find the, the right person that can help you out with whatever you're looking for help with. Uh, the email address is membership at edmontonchamber.com. And of course, uh, you can call the chamber and uh, ask for uh, myself, or you can ask for Amin or Joanne if you're interested in finding out more about uh, what membership entails with the Edmonton Chamber. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Ken. You have been listening to episode 22. This has been Ken G with the Edmonton Chamber of Commerce. Ken, you're a little local celebrity, and it has been an absolute (laughs) pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, you're too much. Thank you, (laughs) Kelly, and thank you for inviting me on. Awesome. You've been listening to the Business Development Podcast. This has been episode 22. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you on the flip side. This has been the Business Development Podcast with Kelly Kennedy. 
Kelly has 15 years in sales and business development experience within the Alberta oil and gas industry and founded his own business development firm in 2020. His passion and his specialization is in customer relationship generation and business development. The show is brought to you by Capital Business Development, your business development specialists. For more, we invite you to the website at www.capitalbd.ca. See you next time on the Business Development Podcast. Business rock stars, we at the Business Development Podcast humbly invite you to be part of our journey. Despite our global reach spanning over 130 countries and our status as an award-winning show, we remain committed to delivering valuable insights and engaging content to our audience of decision makers. With two episodes released every single week and a back catalog of over 100 episodes, we strive to provide our listeners with the latest strategies and trends in business development and business growth. Why consider sponsoring us? Our listeners trust us to deliver authentic, informative content, making it an ideal platform for you to showcase your brand in a genuine and meaningful way. Choose from flexible sponsorship packages tailored to fit your advertising needs. With a back catalog of over 100 episodes and an average of eight new episodes released every single month, there are plenty of opportunities for you to connect with our audience. If you believe that your brand aligns with our humble mission, reach out to us at podcast at capital bd.ca. Let's start a conversation and explore how we can collaborate to elevate your brand together. Thank you for considering us. Send us an email at podcast at capital bd.ca and let's partner for the future.